I reckon there's some people here who are ready to receive from God. So yeah. before we hear the word of God, how about you just, I don't know how you engage with God, um, close your eyes, raise a hand or two or something. But you know, I love the fact we don't come to church to hear about God. We come to have an encounter with God and he's a God who gives. And I, I, maybe just in your own heart, just to say, God, I'm ready to receive from you. You know, God wants to bless your life. God wants to strengthen your life. God wants to do good things today and this year. And so like, man, if he's going to speak into my life, I know my life's going to be better for it. I'm going to carry out something from this place that I'm going to be a bigger person, a more blessed person, a more grace-filled person, because God put something in my life. Come on, I'm ready to receive, God. I'm ready to receive. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your presence that would just settle on your people. You're a good, good God, and you want to do good things today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Grab a seat. It's great to be here. Hopefully, uh, my machine's going to work. Hey, um, I, want to talk about, I want to talk about the power of a really little word today, uh, the word us. And... Um, I want to suggest to you that this could be the most powerful word for you, for you and I going into this year. Uh, and it seems so little, so innocuous, but there's an incredible power if we went into this year not thinking about me and myself, but about us. Um, I, I did a bit of a Google of this, and I, and I found out it was actually a Pokemon movie last year, so called The Power of Us. So I don't know if that's helpful, but but when but when I think about us, I kind of, for some reason I think about kind of little kids. That sense like we're all together, we're all doing this together. We're kind of we we we're this our squad kind of, um, and and we're all together. And it's like, what would it mean to be thinking about like I didn't leave this behind in primary school. I'm still going to do life as us. In fact, I want to get five guys up here real quickly: James Beccarini, Scott, and more. Uh, Manuel and uh, you can all come up one more. Adam, come on, come on. It's not a big. Don't feel underwhelmed. I'm just going to show you something, and at the end, uh, it's not a big funny uh, end to this. So get in a line. So let's get in a line, and let's just. If you like, hold hands. Touch you. Not hold hands. Hold. And if you went like, I was thinking about what it feels like if you went like, oh man, I'm doing life as us. So it's like, oh yeah, Moore's my mate, and I know, and I'm for him, and I like him, and you know, I'm backing him, and he he knows me, he likes me, he's backing me, and 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 we're and kind of like, oh, this is how we did life. That I walked into this year not as me, but like as us. And, and, and I was like, oh, what, what would that feel like to do life as us? And, and uh, yeah, thanks, guys. I'll get you back at the end for a more dramatic um, finale to that. But, but I want to I I do a couple of things. I want to suggest to you that there is a massive cultural wave that is undermining any sense of us. And so if you're going to do us this year, you're going to have to choose to take a really countercultural stance and say, no, I'm going to resist the tide of isolation, of separation. Of, I'm going to choose to step up. I'm going to do life as us this year. And, and why would you do that? Because I want to show you that from a biblical point of view, this is foundational to just not, not even just following Jesus, but foundational to be a human being. So this is actually a really important thing that we take a, an, a, 
a kind of countercultural stance. Like, I am not going to go with the flow because this is more important to me and my well-being and my family than my culture is telling me a lie. And I'm just not going to be kept, swept along. I'm going to choose to do life as us. Is that all right? So the next few minutes, I'm just going to dig us into a bit of a hole, but then I'm going to, to show you why this is so serious and why we need to speak about it, and then I'm going to give you the answer. There was a study done in uh, about 2004 published that compared 1985 and 2004, and, and the, the key thing is the bottom line of the first paragraph. What they studied is the majority of, so studying Americans, the majority of people say they have about two close people in their life. Seriously, most Americans would go, I have two close people in my life. And the really concerning thing is in 2004, the bottom of the second part, by the start of the century, 25% of Americans said they had nobody. So most people, two. 25% nobody close. Like, how does that happen? And, and it's the trend. So saying um, that it's actually, it fell by a third in the last 20 years. There's a massive cultural um, movement that increasingly is robbing us of connection. Our lives are busy, we're separated, we live in city. It's just, it's, it's hard. It, it doesn't happen by chance. If you just go with the flow, 25% of us are going to find ourselves at the end of this year going, actually, I've got nobody close in my life. And the majority of us will go, at a push, there's maybe two people I could call. And it's like, there's something pretty sad about that. And there's something that like, no, we're not, I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't want to live life like that. And, and it's not like super infinite, uh, intimate when they talked about what did they mean. Two core confidence with whom they could, quote, discuss important matters. So this is not, this is not, like, this is serious sociological research. Most Americans, who could you talk to about something important in your life? Oh, there's kind of two people. And 25% would go, there's nobody. It's like, wow. And, and, and um, here's, a, here's another, well, I think it's interesting, that something that shifted to now 80% who named at least, who who couldn't name at least one non-kin person. So what that means is, hey, who have you got close in your life? Kind of two people, mum and my sister. But 80% didn't have someone who wasn't family that you felt close to. It's like, what the heck is happening? And, and, and it's getting worse. And so it's like, man, something needs to stand up against this. And, and, and it gets... More complex, you know, I don't need to tell you this, it gets more complex once you get out of kind of teenage, young adult zone. So this, another study said this, both men and women continue to make lots of friends until about the age of 25, but after this, it's claimed that friendships begin to fall away rapidly with the decline continuing for the rest of our life. If, you, if you're in that kind of 35, 45 zone, you know life is so busy that you probably don't have a lot of friends. And that's what, something in us needs to rise up and go, you know, I'm going to stand against that flow. I'm going to choose to inject into my life, connect. I want to do life like those five guys where there's a whole group of us walking into this year together. And, and that would be an incredibly countercultural stance that this church could take. 
We refuse to get isolated. We refuse to get too busy for a relationship. We choose to invest time to do life together. We believe in the power of us. Come on, the power of us. The power of us together, what we could do. Um, some of you, you might go, oh, the guy's like, oh, yeah, that's all right for my wife. No, no, I, at the Stronger Conference, I talked about, man, Kiwi guys, we have a problem. This, you need the power of us. So that I, if you were at Stronger Conference, I talked about this. You know, there's, uh, the suicide stats in New Zealand are terrible, but the middle one, there are 384 male suicides and 143 female suicides. So for every female suicide, there are 2.7 male suicides. So don't give me this rubbish that, oh, no, I'm the staunch Kiwi male, and, oh, no, I'll send my wife along to e-group. It's like, no, no, you need connection. You know, when you look at the stats, it's shocking. Male suicide over female suicide. If you're Māori, it gets even worse. It's like, oh, what, who we think is the people into relationship? Middle-class white woman. It's like, no, no, we, all of us need relationship. All of us need the power of us that we're walking together into the future connected. And again, it's not young. You won't be able to see the stats, but that one in the middle is around like the 45. That's, that's middle-aged men are committing suicide. They're, I won't go into the names, but you know, if you th there's been some high-profile, successful, white, middle-class men who have killed themselves in the last few years. So I, know, I know I'm getting a bit like, I thought I came to church to get encouraged. I just want to, ch this is what we're going to stand against. This is what we're going to rise up against. And again, it's, uh, you know, we hear about youth suicide, suicide and stuff, but actually it becomes like a, a, a Pakeha thing as, as people get older. And there's this great quote, well, it's not a great quote, it's a terrible quote, from BBC News, June 2017. Think of New Zealand, and what lightly comes to mind is beautiful nature, fields, I don't know where they got fields from, got no, confused with Norway, but fields, mountains, magnificent landscapes, vast and empty and endless. But for years already, the country has been struggling with another form of isolation, depression and suicide. A new report by UNICEF contains a shocking statistic. New Zealand has by far the highest youth suicide rate in the developed world. Don't tell me we're okay. Don't tell me, oh, this is, this is just life in Auckland in 2019. No, something needs to change. And if the church is a countercultural voice, I want to say part of it is that thing, the power of us. We're not going to do life disconnected. A shock, no, but no surprise, it's not the first time that's happened. And this is, the, this is the, probably the scary thing besides the fact that my machine stopped working. There we go. Uh, um, so it's the highest in the long list of 41 OECD and EU countries. We don't do good at this. We suck at this. We're not good at doing the power of us. Um, but here's the thing. Twice as high as the US, five times that of Britain. Like, what's wrong with us that we, that we don't do that? And here's the thing. Here's the really, suicide rate among young Kiwi men is double that of young Australian men. You take a flight three hours west of here and your, and your chances of committing suicide halve. What the heck is with that? That is not okay. We need to decide that we are going to take a stand, and as a church, we are going to choose to go, no, we commit to stand against isolation, stand against the busyness of life. We're going to do life the power of us. We're going to look after each other. We're going to be there for each other. We're going to support one another. We're going to choose to connect. Some of, oh, what happened there? 
I might need the little table, maybe that would be good. Some of you, um, no, we're back in. Some of you know this lady, Dr. Carolyn Lee. She writes a lot about uh, brain and mind and healthy thinking and stuff. I was um, preparing this um, message on Friday and I got a notification. She writes a blog and a new blog had come through. Thanks, we'll see how we go. And, and uh, so she writes this blog uh, and th this was her blog from late last week, The Loneliness Epidemic. So it's like, oh, this is actually a thing. If you want to attack something in our culture, if you want to stand up like a young David against the Goliath in our culture, come on, let's stand against this. Let's choose to do life connected. Let's, let's do something about this. And she has some interesting things. She say, our isolation can negatively affect our well-being. Tragically, studies done on infants in custodial care indicate that a lack of human touch or contact can be fatal for newborns or young children. Loneliness actually increases the risk for premature mortality amongst all ages, making it a growing public health hazard. How about this? One recent study ind even indicates that social isolation and loneliness kill more people than obesity. Everyone's like, oh, obesity is the big... No, no, loneliness and isolation is our big problem. And come on, part of the message of the church is to be a countercultural movement. Come on, this is the thing that we need to stand against. This is the, I'm going to choose to do life, the thing, the power of us. I'm going to choose to do life connected. She said, no wonder social isolation has been used as a type of punishment or torture. And everything in our culture conspires to just let us be caught in this flow towards isolation. Come on, I want to challenge you, choose this year to do in the power of us. Come on, choose to do connection. She wrote this, um, try this. She wrote this book called Think, Learn, and Succeed. Hopefully we don't lose all this when I do this. Um, where, she, um, where she gives some strategies. And interesting, one of her things is this. If you want a healthy thinking, she, she presents a whole lot of mindsets. One of her mindsets is adopt a community mindset. Adopt this mindset that I'm doing life in the power of us. I'm doing life connected. I'm choosing going to be linked together. And interesting, she gives some practical, practical advice. Think about what you could do to get out of the house and foster community and volunteer. It's like, duh, join an e-group, join an e-team. It's not a strategy of Pastor Sam's how to staff a church. It's a strategy for successful human living. Come on, get connected. Get connected through relationship. Get connected through volunteering together. It's how we grow. One final thing many of you would know, um, Mother Teresa, who worked with the poorest of the poor in India. And, and when she traveled to the West, she, this was her kind of reflection. Loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. And, and she actually said this when she came to the West. The greatest disease in the West today is not TB or leprosy. That's the kind of thing she worked with in India. It's being unwanted, unloved, and uncared for. We can cure physical diseases with medicine, but the only cure for loneliness, despair, and hopelessness is love. She's like, here's the problem of the West. Yeah, in India, it's, po it's poverty. People are dying because they've got no food. In the West, you guys are also lonely and isolated. She's like, how can you not see this? Uh, and then she just says this. There are many in the world who are dying for a piece of bread, but there are many more dying for a little love. The poverty in the West is a different kind of poverty. It's not only a poverty of loneliness, but of spirituality. Interesting, that's her. she says, this is, not only, this is not only a sociological problem. This is a spiritual issue. 
This is a spiritual issue of getting disconnected, and there's a hunger for love. So it's like, oh, this is not just our cute little kids. This is, this is something that is really important and that our society is undermining. This is something that we've lost. And if you have to, like, I, your default for me thinking is, oh, back to primary school days, something is sadly going wrong because we are made to do life in the power of us. And I love the fact, you know, that, like Mother Teresa said, this is a spiritual issue. And one of the texts that we often quote, hey, God sets the lonely in families. He leads the prisoners. We used to think, hey, the gospel is a message. If you're guilty, you're forgiven. If you're in bondage, you're set free. But there's this incredible, the message almost for the West is, hey, if you're lonely, God wants to connect you in a family. That was a distinctly underwhelming response to the good news for the West. Come on, there is a world out there, 25% of people, no connection. Majority of people, two connections. Worst suicide rate in the OECD. Come on, we need to shout it out. I got great news. God wants you to connect. God wants you plugged in. God wants you to find a place of belonging. It's like, oh, and it's like, man, I'm, cho- I'm going to choose like, no, I'm not just going to go with the flow. This is, this is what it means to be a, a follower of Jesus, but also what it means just to be a human being, to do life in the power of us. Um, what, why is this so important? Well, think about where's the first us in the Bible. God said, let us make mankind in our image. There's an usness about God. There's one God, and it took a th- couple of thousand years to work this out, but there's an usness to God. Um, you know, we believe in the Trinity oh, that there's one God, but there's this usness, there's this connection, there's this relationality, the an- ancient symbols of the Trinity. It's, a, it's all about God interconnection, connection, relationship. God does life as us. And so when you think about the most, the most foundational thing in ex- in the universe is not physics, it's not chemistry, it's relationship. You, didn't, you need to get there. That's why all that stuff I said about what the Western society is doing to us is so serious because the most found, you'd have to go, if God is relationship and we live in a world that is distancing us and isolating us, you'd have to go, that's like a demonic conspiracy to destroy the core of what we're made to be. We're made to do life, and why are we made to do? So this, like, this is foundational to how I think about being. We're made for connection. We're made for relationship. Um, I'll just go, and so here's the thing. Let us make mankind in our image and our light. If God is about relationship and you are made in his image, you're made for relationship. You're not made to do life isolated. That's that image of these guys. Hey, I'm, this, is, this feels like real human life. That's why it, fe- it feels like something is wrong when a, if you're stuck in an apartment in Auckland and you've got no one to call when something's wrong. If you've got no relations. That's why it feels wrong, because you're made to do life in the power of us. And, and they're, oh, this is, this is why these things touch our hearts, because that's what we're made to do. You know, right at the start, God, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good. Hallelujah, we've got an answer for that. It's called the church. 
And, and it's why when sin comes in, straight away, what's the impact of sin? We often, oh yeah, they're guilty before God. No, the first thing is they, they, they withdrew from relationship. They, made come, they were made for connection and they pulled back and they felt ashamed and they hid. The first impact of sin is actually not guilt before God. It's a shame that isolates. Just let that sink in for a minute. And, 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 you know, and yeah, they hid from each other, and then they hid from God. And yeah, I, was, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid. I hid. People are doing life. We're made desperately needing to do life as us, but something in us pulls us back from connection, pulls us back from the power of us, feels too ashamed, too afraid to connect. And I feel like there's a bit of a wave and a revolution coming of a whole people that are going to stand up and go, do you know what? We're going to do life in the power of us. We're going to choose to connect. You know, and, and, and again, you know, when God quizzes them, who told you? Oh, the woman you put here. Like, again, the first response is shame. The second response is blame. Oh, it's your fault. You gave me it. She did it. And, you go, and it's like, you were made for connection, and you've ended up in this terrible place where it's all about shame and blame. It's all about guilt and accusation. And, and rather than going, I, I'm hungry for connection, you try and p- protect yourself through hiding and attacking. Come on, we're made for connection. We're made to do life in the power of us. And the wonderful news is God comes to sort this stuff out. Here's the gospel for the West. Come on, here's the gospel. God puts the lonely in families. God, it's like, man, I'm going to choose to step beyond my shame, step beyond my blame. I'm going to choose to connect again because that's what I was made for. You know, I love the fact that Jesus... Jesus came to reveal God, but he also came to reveal what humanity's really like. It's a picture of the life. And guess, do you know what? Jesus did life in the power of us. Jesus did life connected. And he was showing us, this is what human life is supposed to be like. He, um, you know, when he called the 12, he appointed 12, first of all, what? Just to be with him. And then to go out and do the task. Come on, but their first calling is, come on, guys, I want to show you what real human life is like. We're just going to do life in the power of us. We're just going to hang out together. How weird is that? Jesus was showing us what human life was supposed to be like. You know, and as well as the 12, he had these three that he would take into the real pressure moments. Peter, James, and John, this moment when he's really struggling and wrestling with God, he's like, man, I, I don't isolate myself in times of pressure. Because he was in his humanity, he was doing life in the power of us. Like, I, man, I'm stressed out, something terrible is happening. Guys, can you three come with me? We're going to pray. That picture of us, those five guys with the arm, Jesus did that. If, it, if Jesus needed that, who do you think you are that you can do life alone? Come on, Jesus took people into those pressure points. And so when you get to the book of Acts, straight away, this thing that God birthed was a together thing. They met together in the temple courts. They met together in their homes. It was like, here's the wonderful news. Suddenly, instead of blame and isolation and disconnection, we're together. This is what the gospel looks like when it hits home. People doing life together, together in big groups and together in smaller groups. That's what church is, gathering together in bigger environments and then gathering together in smaller environments like I'm connected. 
It's the power of us. You know, later in uh, Paul's ministry, at the end of the book of Acts, he summarized his ministry. You know that I've not hesitated to preach anything, be helpful to you, this, but I've taught you publicly and from house to house. The church is always gathered together in big assemblies like this and then gathered together in small groups for fellowship and support. You are born for connection. Come on, you're born to do life in the power of us. And I just want to show you this in a, a passage that's kind of famous for our movement of churches, Ephesians chapter 4. It says, first of all, so God, Christ gave, him, gave this, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. There's an usness to ministry. That's why Pastor Sam brings in different ministries like Pastor Mark Verakis, because there's an usness to what God has, wants to give into our lives as a church. It's a divine setup. You cannot succeed. You cannot prosper in life in isolation. God has set it up that we have to do life with us. So even the kind of voices for, into our church, there's an usness to that. But then it says, but those people, verse 12, to equip. It's like, oh, that's why I need to be here on Sunday. I need, God has provided an usness of ministries, but I need to be in an environment where those ministries are impacting my life. That's why I come on Sunday, because something is being formed in me. Oh, I'm a, I don't need to, you don't need to go to church to be a Christian. God has given an usness of ministries to impact an usness of the church. You're living a stunted life if you're, not, if you're doing it not in the power of us. But you know, the third step in this, so there's, there's an usness of ministries that minister into a big usness of the church, but then it goes on to say this, the result is not like, okay, then I walk out the door and I've done church. No, because all of that is just a setup for the final step, which is this, Verse 16, from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. It's like, oh, there's an usness when we're all interconnected. That's why I love next week, Pastor Sam's going to introduce this one another series. One another is all about this is what we, this is how we connect with each other. It's not somebody does this to me or I do this to someone else. It's we're all, I'm loving you, but you're loving me. I'm honoring you, but you're honoring me. I'm encouraging you, but you're encouraging. We're connected like a body that's all tied together, that's connected together. And this image is an image that comes a number of times in scriptures, supported and held together. The images of a body that's all interconnected, multiple connections. Another image is of a house where building blocks and, and they're all interconnect. God wants to build, God's strategy is to build connections. Um, a few years ago when our kids were little, I was thinking about this, I was thinking about Lego and Duplo. So I'm gonna get these guys to bring up this table. I was thinking about how Christians, how teaching my kids to play with Lego and Duplo is kind of like often how Christians with church. So we're just going to, this is, um, it's just coming. So I'm going to give you a demonstration of Lego, of Duplo, okay? How to build with Duplo. Let's go. Got to get my engineering skills on. Cool. Thank you. Okay, so here's the Duplo. Dropped a bit. Okay, so when my kids were little, you know, and like real little, and you first give them Duplo, I don't know about you, but the first response of our kid when they're little is, hey, Duplo, they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they grab a bit and slobber on it. Uh, happy, like Duplo's great to play with. Cool. <laughs> I think that's what a lot of baby Christians are like with church. 
It's like, oh, yeah, me and Jesus, we're all good. You, got, you haven't clicked yet what this thing is for. <laughs> That's the first level. I reckon there's four steps with Duplo. Then what's the second step? This was with my kids. Stage two, Duplo, is this. Like, happy because we're together making a whole lot of noise. Is that right? That was my kids. So they, went, they graduated from this. So just like, and again, a lot of Christians are like that. Oh, yeah, I came to Equipus, we made a whole lot of noise, and we went home again. It's like, no, you still haven't figured out what this stuff is for. I need the big one. So then is the most difficult stage, I reckon. This is the tears and tantrum stage, right? Because the kid, you're trying to teach them how to build. So they go, so they kind of go like this and go, oh, yeah, I'm going to build a bridge. And they kind of build this like this, and then... And then hopefully you know what's coming. And then they kind of get to this. And then they and then they kind of get this. And they're so proud how it's going. And then they kind of go. And is there a, it breaks. Is it? Did you not have kids like that? I had kids like that. That's why. And tears and tears broken and 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 trying to and it's like and it's trying to explain them. No, no. You need multiple points of connection. The penny will drop in a minute, okay? A lot of Christians are like this day. Oh, I tried, and you know, I got upset, and it's like, oh, well, welcome to the toddler stage of being a Christian. <laughs> oh, yeah, I went once to an agreement and it didn't work. And so finally you go, no, no, this is what you need to do. You kind of need to build like this, and then you, um, you know, and you build it like that, and kind of, oh, that's not a good, that destroyed my um, whole point of my... <laughs> Uh, thing, but um, and you kind of I'll take a bite, and you know, and you're kind of going like this, and then over here you build, and you're trying to explain to them, no, just get make sure there's lots of points where things cross over, and there's multiple points of connection, and kind of go like this, build this, and um, some more big ones, and kind of get it all nice and connected, like this. Dear Jesus, if this illustration fails, I'm stuck. <laughs> and, um, you know, and you kind of do this. Maybe do that. It's not a great design, but um, do that. And it's like, ah. It's like, ah. I can actually, like, I can stand on that. It's like. <laughs> like. <laughs> I think that's, the, that's like Christians. If you can go from, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. <laughs> I don't need to go to church. I'm happy with my Lego or Duplo. To like, oh, yeah, we make a whole lot of noise together. This is fun. To the tears and tantrum stage. I try, to actually, no, no, I've created multiple points of connection. Come on, multiple relationships. Multiple stuff going on. Um, you guys could probably try and get rid of this now if you wanted. Don't steal my Duplo, though. Um, just kind of, oh, here's a water bottle, too. Hey, just many of you would, just to kind of finish, many of you would know Pastor Danny Guglamucci. He's minister at the church. He's just the most big-hearted, lovely guy ever. All heart, all pastoral. He's had the worst 10 years of anybody in the world, I reckon. From one son, kind of big international scandal, to then other son who's a youth pastor. How bad is a struck by lightning and killed running a youth camp? 
to now he's just been through cancer treatment, and it's like, it's like the big-hearted guy has kind of just been through a terrible time. And I love, he talked about the fact that a message that he used to preach has become real for him. Can I get those five guys back up again <coughs> who were up before? It's this message from um, Mark chapter 2 when it just says some men came bringing to him a paralyzed. So you can stand over there. Thank you. Car- carried A paralyzed man carried by four of them. Okay. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, your sins are forgiven. And, he, and Danny Guglielmich, he had this wonderful thought. He was like, at some point, in, we, that's why we've got to do life together, because at some point in life, you're going to be carrying people, and at other points in time, you're going to be the one on the mat. And, we, and so if we can get four, four of you carry, yeah, yeah, that's the one. So two and two of lift up, and so take them over there and start, go over that way. So, so it's like, Turn around. Yeah, walk over this way. So it's like, oh, February. James has just arrived back from Australia. It's like, oh, I'm a bit broke. It's like, don't worry, James. We got you. <laughs> like, we'll, sup- we'll pray for you. So we start walking through the year. So start walking this way. And then James suddenly like, guys, I'm good now. I've got a job. You can put me down. And it's like, oh, cool. And then we get to March, and now Moore's like, oh, I'm going to start studying. I haven't studied for a while. It's like, don't worry, we got you. Okay. So we walk through March, kind of. And then they're like, okay, no, no, guys, I'm, I feel like i got this study nailed. Now you can put me down. You know, and then April, Scott suddenly discovered that Leela's pregnant. No, 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 Adam, uh, no, 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 let's not go there, let's not go there. No, no, Man- Manuel makes one of those big proposals and the girl says no, 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 no. whatever, I don't know, yeah, 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 so it's like, oh, Manuel, no, we, it's like, we got you, man, we got you, we got you, yeah, 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 hey, you can put him down there, okay. Wow. 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 Okay, thanks, guys. You can go. Give them a hand. (laughs) See, I don't know what this year is going to bring, but I want to do this year in the power of us where I've got some mates like, man, you're going through a hard time. It's all right. I'll carry you for this month. I got you. But I want to know that I want the humility to go. I'm also likely to hit some speed wobbles. At some, I want to know there's some people who got me when I hit some trouble. Too. I want to do life in the power of us. You know, that, that's what we're meant to do. Maybe I could get the musicians to come back up. You know, there's a, there's a passage that we talk a lot in Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And it's like uh, the end... Uh, Many of you know this, the end of that first verse is not really about unity. It just has the same Hebrew word twice. How good and pleasant it is when, people, when God's people live together together. And it, Pastor Bruce often uses this kind of a- image. Oh, when I, when, how good it is when God's people choose to live life really connected. Not just touching lives like the noisy Lego. Not just one connection that we have a tantrum when it breaks. No, multiple connections. 
how good it is. Because that's what we were designed for, multiple connections. And, and if I was going to translate that, I think I'd say how good and pleasant it is when God's people choose to do life connected. And, and then there's an amazing thing that happens. He says, it's like the precious oil that flows down. And it's like the dew. And it's like these images of the Holy Spirit. And here's where I'm going to, I believe that when we make a decision to be connected, we attract the presence of the Holy Spirit on our lives. I believe if you make a connection, if you make a decision today, I'm going to do life today in the power of us, you're going to be surprised at the sense of the Holy Spirit that comes on you. Because the Holy Spirit loves to bless people who commit to connection. Uh, and, and down the front, for there the Lord, well, other translations, what well, says bestows, others say commands. When the, when the Holy Spirit sees people who go, I choose to do life connected, he goes, I'm going to bless them. My presence is going to rest on, I'm going to favor them. You know, I love there's this blessing in the, in the New Testament. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. And it's like, Almost those, those are the three persons of the Trinity, and it's like each of them, it's like that's their jam. God, he just loves loving. Jesus loves pouring out his grace, which means what's the Holy Spirit's jam? Connecting people. Because he connects the Father and the Son and the Trinity before creation, us. He's been doing it for eternity, connection. That's why when he sees people connect, he's like, that's my kind of space. That's where I love landing. That's my jam, connecting, creating fellowship, creating connection. Come on, you were made to do life like this. Don't leave it behind in primary school. Don't leave it behind. Come on, I wanna, can I ask you to stand? I, I wanna challenge you to think about, I'm gonna do this yet in the power of us. And in Equippers Church in Auckland, we're gonna take a stand against the cultural tide of isolation and and, and, uh, and yeah, just not connection. And we're going to choose to do life connected. And here's the challenge. I just, um, Pastor Lovey's going to lead us in a song in a minute. This is what I think. I want to challenge you to think, like, who are you going to choose to connect with this year? It's going to be a, it's going to be a counter-cultural stance. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be convenient because I showed you the stats. You're going to have to stand against the flow of busyness and isolation. But I believe if you, like, I'm actually going to, we often use the binders and a bad thing, but almost I bind myself to these people. I'm going to do life with these people. Yeah. I'm going to commit to doing life together. And right, I feel like God's anointing is just going to come down. As you let God, just perk away in your mind. Who are the people? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bind myself to do life with them. I'm going to let them in. I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to, I'm going to do, I, I commit to this. I, I believe you're going to be surprised at the presence of the Holy Spirit that comes on you. As Pastor Libby leads us in a song, I want you to let God put in your heart, who are you going to commit to connection with this year. Man, I'm going to be here on Sundays because there's ministry that's going to equip into me. But then I'm going to be at these e-groups. I'm going to connect with these people because I'm just going to do life in the power of us. Come on, let's worship God and I want to let God show you who you're going to, who you're going to connect with this year.